22 pitch. Hit toward third. Castro has it. Spins, fires. A perfect game! Roy Halladay has thrown the second perfect game in Philadelphia. Line drive, right center field, base hit. Ground ball over the mound. Waiting oh, for it. Oh, oh, oh. he booted it. One runner's in. Here comes the ball. Clear the throw. everybody welcome back to another episode of the bell smashers podcast this is episode 40 now wow and I'm your co- right i'm your co-host kylie and i'm jen and no Haley tonight she is doing a boss job with doing covering the flyers mm-hmm. uh so but we did ask her thoughts on the postseason the regular season so we got those for you guys don't you worry uh, but let's just get it started. Red October is here. Officially. It's here. I, it was kind of surreal, uh, yesterday that it was game 162. The baseball season feels very long, but then it hit me yesterday. I was, I, I'm like, I, that didn't feel very long to me. It, it also feels like it goes in the blink of an eye. And I was feeling sad at the end when T-Mac was signing off and they always thank all the staff and the crew who work on the broadcast because it's their last chance to do it. Yeah. And it's, we talk about it all the time. Like you said, it, it's a long season, but then, and now it feels like we were both just in Florida at spring training. And wow. now we're wearing long sleeve shirts because it's cold. Well, not right now it's, uh, 73 degrees right now but it was 80 degrees earlier but we're in october and it's it's time for postseason baseball just like that it flew by and the phillies did win so they got their 90th win something they had not done since 2011 yes so there is definitely that to to be happy about i don't remember what Haley said she predicted the wins would be i know we were all around 91 to 93 you said 92 i think i was like 91 to 93 or i, I was more close to 93 um 
Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. I, I mean, that was in with Bryce Harper being out for more than he was, but at the same time, like there were other injuries that played into losses. So, I mean, it's, it was a long season and we're, we're here. And Harper still had 21 home runs. Can we talk about that real quick? Like, I know everybody is almost is pretty sick and tired of talking about the trade turner ovation. And I get it because it's the same thing with Bohm saying he hates this place. But to me personally, it's a little different. Because yeah, we've talked about how, how it's different. But yeah, elaborate. It, it's different because this was to lift a guy up who was at the worst point professionally in his career. Mm-hmm. He was batting, I believe, 235, 238 at that time. And he had just made an error that ultimately costed us the game. Um and so a whole bunch of these things, and then you would assume because the fan base has such a negative uh, stereotype to it that we would have booed him horrendously and everything, but we decided to give him an ovation, and he has paid us back. It's yeah. ridiculous. Like I, I like Boom has been good. Um, but what Turner has done, ridiculous. So the Phillies ended up having six um, players with 20 or more home runs. Danielle commented, it still makes me tear up thinking about it. So (laughs) I think she's referring to the ovation. Hi, Danielle. Hi, everyone who's watching us (laughs) live. If you're on Twitter, we can't see your comments. So we'll see them later. Don't blame us. Yeah, join us on YouTube or Twitch. Um, so it was, I took a picture of the graphic from the broadcast. Schwarber, 47. Obviously, that was his career high. Castellanos, 29, which I was, we were really hoping he would get 30, but especially after, especially after last season is incredible. And I do expect yes. him to go crazy in the postseason. That's one of my predictions. Trey Turner, 26, which he had like, so many in the months of August and September alone, like uh, Harper 21, Real Muto 20, and Bohm just made it to 20 at the end. We were all hoping Bohm would be around 2025 after this season, so we got that. Bohm was three shy of 100 RBI, so that's he was so close to what I wanted him to do, but he, I ha- he had a great season. Um, better than anticipated honestly uh but we started the season with a boom run we ended the season with a boom run and this season as in in its entirety i would grade it like uh c plus b minus i think that's right like, I feel like anything higher is a little too optimistic for me. But overall, satisfied with the season. Can't really complain with making the playoffs. 
with the one seed in the wild card, which is what I wanted anyway. Um, I was expecting it to be a little different. I was not expecting the Marlins to be our opponent either. Um, but we'll get in, into that in a second. But, I mean, Topper has made some mistakes. He's – but everybody does. Um, Trey Turner in the beginning didn't play as expected. He ended up being – at the end, his stats were were good. Uh, they were decent. Um, so just thinking of it in a, in a whole sense is a little difficult because – They've been pretty darn good of late. So, and you don't want to focus, like, you're how they're playing now is the main focus because that's typically how things roll over. Yeah. There were a lot of peaks and valleys this season, a lot of winning streaks followed by losing streaks, losing a lot of games that were very winnable, making stupid mistakes. Uh, giving up leads, just everything you can think of. And we were saying, like, okay, get those kinks out now, like in August. And I'm really (laughs) hoping that going into the postseason at home, that it'll be consistent. I feel really good about – again, we're going to get into everything, but Zach Wheeler is pitching game one, which – I don't think anyone expect ever expected anything different. So I do feel good about that. Who would you say, uh, this is probably an obvious and pretty dumb question, but our best pitcher this season? So, I've, I mean, even Wheeler was disappointing at times, mm-hmm. but I'm still going to go with him. I, I agree. I, I think – the way Tywin Walker has ended the season is kind of uh, harming his entire season. And I mean, Mets fans always told us look out for uh, second half Walker and all this stuff about him. And while he wasn't as good in the second half, he was pretty solid in the first and is a big part of why we got to 90 wins. You know, he strong too. Uh, I was going to say, I think people, the short-term memory of baseball, people, myself. It's hard. You, it's hard to remember. Strom was a starting pitcher for us and at the, at the beginning of the season, and he was great. He was the first pitcher to get to seven innings, right? I think so. Six innings too, but also I'm pretty sure seven. Because remember – our pitching <laughs> was cooked in the beginning of the year. Super cooked. They they were. And I believe it the everybody was saying World Series hangover, but I think it's literally because they had never played that long into the season. And Strom was fresh. No other pitcher that we had. We brought back darn near everybody for pitching. They were not fresh. So it's kind of surprising to see them get better later. Um, and I mean that in the most happy way, obviously. Because uh, you would kind of expect them to kind of almost get worse with the long season. 
But, I mean, at this moment in time, they've all been solid the past few weeks. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited. Uh, some other things to note, Trey Turner is the only player in MLB history to steal 30 bases without being caught in a single season and one of just three Phillies to ever maintain a perfect SB percentage. Yeah, that, I mean, look, we, we expect him to steal a lot of bases. And next year, I think with him being more comfortable, he'll steal more. But he does not lead the team in stolen bases. I was going to say, I think this comes as a surprise to many people. Including me. And you guys know how much I, I like this player. So who was it? Stott. Stott led the team with 31 stolen bases. Yeah. I did not expect him to steal that much. I believe it's a pretty underrated part of his game. Absolutely. Apparently. Yeah. Um, he, at to end the season, he had been kind of cold. So kind of worried about the postseason for him a little bit. But last game of the season, he had three, four hits. Mm-hmm, something like that. I know it's the Mets, but. But he, but he looked like his typical old self. So, and he had some clutch hits last year. In the postseason. He started that rally in game three of the NLDS. Yeah. Who are you most confident in going into the postseason? Ooh. I should have asked Haley this. That's my fault, but I just thought of it. I'll say aside from Harper. How about, like, because. (laughs) Yeah, aside from the obvious Bryce. Yeah, everyone knows he'll come in. He'll have those big moments. He'll come in clutch. Yeah. I think I, I already said it earlier. I would like to see how Cassiano suggests this postseason after having this amazing comeback this season, really coming into his own offensively and defensively, clearly feeling very settled and comfortable in Philadelphia, on the team, um, in his role, even though, you know, even when he got bumped down in the lineup, um, he didn't take it personally or anything like he actually used that I think Turner as well to come back and produce and I would love to see him have multiple home runs this postseason not just home runs but yeah extra base hits some more clutch catches in right field I am really looking forward to it yeah and it's it's nice that we have a home game to start off the postseason um because obviously we needed to win the wild card to get the home postseason game so home postseason right off the bat get the uh get the fans going get the get the team going right away um in the beginning of the season well first of all the player i'm least concerned about um aside from bryce would probably be it's going to sound really weird if anybody knows me. And this is come, this is out of nowhere, but strangely enough, I'm feeling okay with Nola. Because I get that. 
the only time he wasn't good was the World Series. So, and I mean, I don't want to talk too highly of him right now because we all know how my luck goes with that. So I'm going to leave it at that. Um, well, I'll just but, say, and we talked about it a little bit last week, that if, if, and hopefully not, things start going south for Nola in game two, then Rob could put in Christopher Sanchez. Or Strom. even, yeah, Strom. He could put, he could try Walker. You know, like there are other options, but I do feel like he will pitch well. Yeah, I feel like he will too. Um, but I don't want to hype him up too much because everybody knows how that goes for me. And it's not just him, it's literally every pitcher I ever compliment. If I compliment them before their outing is done, completely just <laughs> goes the opposite way. So yeah, just just know I'm okay with with uh, with Nola, um, but my overall like before the season started, all I wanted was to make the NLDS, and I've said that from the jump throughout the entire season, no matter what, get to the wild card, win that round because it could most likely be a mismatch anyway, and then get to the NLDS. And whatever happens after that, I'm cool with. Mm-hmm. And I'm still I'm standing by that because if you look at who we're playing, Miami, their pitching, their offense, not – like, on pa- specifically on paper, because I know anything can happen, so this is not to sound cocky or anything like that, purely an on-paper from watching the game's standpoint. We match up, we are better than them by a lot. And I know they're pitching back-to-back left-handed pitchers. I know that. But Stott and Marsh, who are the players that can't hit lefties, and especially March, March lately, have been hitting lefties. He hit a home run off a lefty yesterday. There you go. So this offense can get the job done in the wild card. They really can. They should win into. I will say, yeah, uh, we when we were texting with Haley, she's she said that she felt nervous about the Marlins, even more nervous than the Braves, actually, but that she still thinks for the Phillies will win in two. And I think we I, all agree with that. We all agree Phillies in two. Viewers, well, um, listeners, comment. Let us know your thoughts. But I think we've already gotten a comment. Um, no, that's it. Do, but, yeah, like, so I know a lot of our listeners are going to be in attendance. We will have representation at each game. Each of the first two games. Yeah. Obviously, we all hope that game three is not necessary, but I will be there. Careful what you wish for. Yeah. (laughs) Because that could mean two things. Right. (laughs) Well, everyone knows what I mean. Right, that's true. I want the Phillies to win both games so that the third game is not necessary. Um, 
and I'll be there tomorrow. And Kyla will be there um, Wednesday. Yes. Now, if it does go to game three, who are you starting? I would still start Sanchez. I would. I don't know if Rob is going to. Sanchez. Oh, actually, no. I mean, I literally forgot about Ranger for a second. (laughs) So. Happens. Again, it really does depend on what happens in game two. So. Looks like everybody's saying Philly's in two. I hope y'all are right because I'm going to game two and I have yet to see these hooligans celebrate in person. So I would love to see that. I have never been there for some a moment like that. I mean, I was there for Bryce Harper's first home run as a Philly, and I was there for the first home game, home playoff game in a decade last year. But like postseason celebrations, especially like clinching a series and moving on, like I got to be there for that. Yeah. Oh, Danielle, I will see you tomorrow. Uh, And I'll say this. I was three for three in the playoffs last season. Three for three in the playoffs. And you went to the NFC championship game last year. I I was at the game, um, the division. That's right. That's right. That's right. But I was, yeah, with the Phillies, I was at the NLDS win game. So... And you went to the only World Series game that we won at home. So I you I blame you for us losing the World Series. <laughs> Again, I take complete responsibility for what happened. <laughs> Good. You should, because it's your fault. Um oh, well, yeah. Uh, yeah. So back to the regular season for a second. Who is your MVP? So my, and I did ask Haley this one, by the way. I yes, did you did. Uh, well, I do have to say Bryce Harper because of the way he came back from Tommy John and just kind of – and then learned how to play first base and excelled at it. And there's just, like, so many things that I feel like are unbelievable that he actually did and still managed to get over 20 home runs – I I can't say enough about how incredible <laughs> he is and what he did this season, even coming it's back unreal. from Tommy John surgery. I know he's not a pitcher and it's not the same, but it's still – he came back months in advance mm-hmm. and then just absolutely killed it and learned a completely new position. Yeah, it's unreal. I mean – he started off batting over 300 from Tommy John or yeah. right after. And he wasn't hitting home runs until lately. Right. But uh, he hit more home runs than Otani did after hitting after getting Tommy John. Exactly so, right. So uh, it, I might have to change my answer now because my answer was going to be the same as Haley's. But Well, and I have, I have an honorable mention, which Christian put in the comments – the daycare. Daycare. So um, primarily Stottbom and Marsh, but I do 
also I'm I'm including Rojas in there. Like you could you could include some other guys in there. I would like to also acknowledge Johan Rojas for everything that he's contributed as well. What Johan Rojas has done in such a short time with us is fantastic. He's solidified himself as an MLB caliber defender, which we knew his defense was good. But to be this good off like from the jump, come on now. And he's twenty three he's twenty three years old. He just turned twenty three recently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His his bat should get there. Exactly. He's a pl- he's a player that the more at bats he gets, the more in rhythm he'll become. And you'd be surprised. It's it's not the same as for every player. I mean, you can give all the players in the all the at bats in the world, and some of them just will never be able to do it. But I think Rojas can, and I think it shows because last year or the year before last, he wasn't batting anywhere near 300, and before he got called up, he was batting 302. So, I mean, I think he'll be even better next year. We'll get into that in the offseason, but I have high hopes for Rojas, and he should absolutely be included. He carried for Pache when Pache was hurt. That too. I mean, when and when Marsh went down, he I th- was was he there for that? I don't think so. I think it was Pache that was there when Marsh went down. Uh, I even forgot about Marsh's injury till just now. So mm-hmm. shows how long of a season it was. So much happened. I mean, I watched 160 of 162 games. Every single game I watched in some capacity. So mm-hmm. forgive me if my mind off memory is not that good. It's so many to keep track of. It's insane. But no, I think Raha should absolutely be included in that. And his walk off. Yeah, his walk off like- to clinch a playoff spot for us. Um, I So Pache had a clutch hit to start the rally in that game again. Pache, um, we got him from the Athletics. Yep. So he came to us from the worst team in baseball. <laughs> Rojas was playing in Double A earlier this season, and then Jeff Hoffman was pitching in the game. He, his story is incredible about how he, when Harper was coming back from injury, he was brought to Philly just to like live pitch to Harper. And Harper was like, this kid is good. And now he's on the team. <laughs> now he's on the team guaranteed to make the postseason roster. I mean, some of the stuff that happens with this team is crazy. The stories are just insane. Um, and I can't wait for that to continue. Uh, but Haley and I actually kind of have the same MVP opinion, in a sense. Uh, she said it's not just one player. Uh, her MVPs is Stott for defense and Schwarber for offense. And I actually kind of agree with that. Uh, I didn't think of it like that until she mentioned it. You know, Schwarber having the 47 home runs, a career high, mm-hmm. but nobody was talking about the 
chasing 50 for him again. But but everyone was talking about his batting average. This dude officially batted under 200 for the year and hit 47 home runs. Is Kirkland on the playoff roster? Good question. <laughs> we'll find out, but to me, yes. I was going to say, I don't think we know yet. I'm not having I'm, – I'm sorry. I love Reese. I know you love Reese. I'm not having him play in the World Series after not doing anything the entire season. It's, it's, it's too risky, and I mean, Schwarber did it differently. And maybe Reese Def does something. I know he won't start. He'll come off the bench for a pinch hit, but I don't know. I think I'd rather go with Orion than Reese. Yeah, and again, it's not guaranteed that we're going to make the World Series. I wish so, it was. Yeah. Go with what you can. Yeah. Schrober is the greatest below 200. I mean, <laughs> is is it even close though? Is anybody near how good Schwerber is? That's batting below the Mendoza line. Doubt it. Like, I I gotta check real quick because it's it's ridiculous. Um, Schwerber finished the season batting 204. 47 home runs, 23 at home, 51 uh, 51 RBI at home. Wow. Uh, On-base percentage is 348 at home. Uh, Let's see. His his war was (laughs) 0.7. And I know that's because his defense in left field is just – please let me not see him in the left field in the postseason. Well, Topper said Harper's playing first base the whole time. He hasn't said who's playing left. Yeah, but I feel like that's his. that was his way of saying that. But who plays? Who plays? Marsh or Rojas? Marsh and Rojas? Marsh and Pache? Right. Pache and Marsh? Pache and Rojas? Who are we putting in the outfield? I mean, Marsh... Can't hit lefties. So. And for those who are not watching and listening, I used air quotes on the can't hit lefties. But. He's he hasn't. I watched the press conference a little bit earlier today. And he said he knows who's playing left. He just hasn't told the players yet. So it'll be very interesting to see come maybe tonight or tomorrow morning what the postseason roster is going to be. I'm hoping tonight that we, we can get it a reaction live, but I don't know. Costi Marsh, Rojas is your outfield? Yeah, I, I that's my that. opinion. Yeah, I agree with that comment. Yeah, I mean, it's it's what makes the most sense. I don't know. The bats, Rojas and Pache's bats are just, 
I don't know. That's that's kind of a weak spot. But that's why they're in they get put in the number nine spot, right? Like, yeah. Just, their good, their amazing defense is worth it because the other eight guys in the lineup are supposed to be the ones to get the runs in. So I'd rather have that yeah. than Shore Brown left field. Schwarber in, <laughs> in left field is a no-go for me. A non-starter. Yeah, I I do not think we will see him in left field. There's no chance. Postseason, so we will everybody, see. We will. And everybody gives Topper so much crap for some of the things he does, like leaving player, like leaving Schwarber in left field. But when it gets to the postseason, do you really think he doesn't know what he's doing? Last year, we were all so worried about so many things going into the postseason, and the lineups pretty much made sense, except, and he didn't really make any mistakes, except, in my opinion, taking Wheeler out in the World Series. I go back and forth on that one. But and just the level of trust that he clearly has with the players, it seems like nobody really questions his decisions. Or, I mean, if that happens, we don't see it. But I feel like the players are like, okay, I want to do what Topper wants to do. Yeah. And, I mean, the players having such love for Thompson flies right over so many people's heads. I mean, there's a reason why they wore I Ride With Philly Rob shirts. There's a reason why when he officially became our manager everybody went to social media to be ecstatic about it and i mean yeah he's made some mistakes but look what look where we're at now we would not be here for sure with girardi oh absolutely not (laughs) for sure and definitely not with kapler who just got fired by the giants (laughs) That was kind of savage. They literally had three games left. Like, yeah, they had three. I don't know why they do that. Yeah, that's it. And then Buck Showalter says he's not coming back before, right before the last game starts. Yeah, there's some drama happening in other teams. See, we have so much to be thankful for. We we take so much of our stuff for granted sometimes. And I just think it's funny, especially in hindsight. That Buck Showwatcher got manager of the year. <laughs> I was thinking Topper. about that. They were going through his accomplishments in the in the Phillies broadcast, you know, just to acknowledge it or whatever. And that he's managed like five different teams and he's won manager of the year, I think, twice. And I literally laughed because it was second one gets an season. I understand Rob Thompson wasn't the manager for the entire season last season. But that does not take away from what he did. He managed enough games to get it, in my opinion. And I, I don't think he even finished second. He wasn't even a finalist. Oh, yeah, that's upsetting. He got fourth or fifth. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We all know how we feel about the Mets and Thompson and Showalter. I don't need to get into that, but 
this postseason, I don't know. I, I don't know how to feel about the Marlins. Like, I know I said Phil is in two, and I stand by that. But, like, I don't, I'm not. The Marlins. Yeah, I, I feel the same way I felt going into the, not, not this literal last Met series, but the one before that in Philly where I said they would take two out of three, which they did. And I, I'm like, um, or the pirate series rather the last home series. I was like, I think they're going to win two out of three, but not decisive wins. <laughs> it's going to be very stressful. So I do think it's going to be the same vibes in this wild card series. Miami historically is like our Achilles heel for some reason. One of them, like, we played, I had to go back in the schedule. We played them 13 times this season and they won seven and we won six. So, and there were, you know, if you remember, there were a couple of those when I was talking about those winnable games that we lost, we blew the lead, made stupid mistakes, all those things. Those were usually against the Marlins. I believe that was yeah. the game, the turn, the terrible Turner game where he, was at rock bottom. I believe that was against the Marlins. Yes. So it was. Just, it was. And so there were there are a lot of bad memories associated with playing this team, even this season, which is why it makes me nervous. But we do have um Haley was texting us about this too. The home field advantage, there's literally nothing like it. We know, and the four hours of hell comment from someone we assume to be from the Braves. <laughs> We will, carry, we will carry that with us because it fuels us. And we're going to make sure it's like that for the Marlins. Yeah, the worst thing anybody could do was tell us that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Strider was trolling or not. Right. You have to, for those who didn't see it, you have to share what he said. Yeah. For, for those who don't know what I'm talking about, Strider said that he would prefer no fans in the stands and when pitching and he doesn't like the noise or whatever and I don't know if he was trolling or not but I I don't know either he's such a weird dude the question was what is your hot take so that's what that's what the question was yeah so I that's what makes me think that it wasn't trolling it's possible and if if that's the if it, if he wasn't trolling, then I can definitely see why he struggled against us in the postseason last year. Because I mean, we the crowd was ridiculous. The crowd was chanting Strider, Strider, the entire time. Anytime he made a mistake, chant would go and it would get louder. So, if that's the case. Everybody be nice to Strider if he pitches in Philadelphia. He doesn't make noise. <laughs> try to be try to be nice here. Don't don't be too loud. Yeah. I'm obviously kidding. Be loud. I want to go deaf on Wednesday. I want to see a celebration. I want us to be loud. I don't care who it is playing on coming in to Citizens Bank Park, they are not allowed to win. They are not allowed to beat us on our home field. No celebration, no champagne showers, 
no advancing, no nothing. All of that goes to us. And I expect us to get the job done. I do too. And we, re- we fans really are a part of it. Um, even in, oh, yeah. even in regular season games, like the Phillies fans are just locked in for every pitch. We understand the game, the nuances of what's going on. Um, the umpire incompetence, things like that, that that's what gets us into it. And again, when I was at the game in Seattle, I was like, this just not, it, it doesn't compare. It was, yeah, it was too quiet. I didn't feel like everyone was paying attention. So <laughs> I'm just excited to be back at Citizens Bank Park for Red October. Yeah. And before I finish off this episode by giving the stat leaders, um, I went to the second to last Mets game. Not the one in New York, but in Philadelphia. We talked about this last week. Mm-hmm. Um, the crowd, it was, there were not many people, but it was loud. I don't know if that's because of the section I was in, because of how the sound works, but it was loud. And mixed with the weather, I felt like Red October. It was getting me ready. I have to work a long shift tomorrow, and then I'm off to Philadelphia to hopefully see the boys advance. And I want everybody to be loud. I'm already here. I'm with my family, and we will be there tomorrow night. I'm excited. I'm excited to get the vibes of, like, a game, you know, a first game of the postseason at home. You know, it's only the second year in a row after such a long drought. So, Which feels um, so nice. We went 10 years without it. Now we have back-to-back years. And again, there was a lot of just pain and suffering. And like when I was looking at those records between (laughs) after like 2012 up to up until now, I was was feeling the pain again. Uh, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Comment, I'll consider it a failure on my part if I don't lose my voice. I Yeah. We're with you. If I, get laryn- if I get laryngitis, that's fine. It was worth it. So, yeah, I'm – it feels like Christmas Eve to me and to my – It's nephew. Red October Eve. Yeah, I just – like, I like I feel the same way I felt when I was a kid on Christmas Eve. So, I'm – Yeah. Now I'm going to sleep very well tonight just from the <laughs> excitement and the adrenaline and – um the emotions i'm very yeah i can't wait it sucks that we have to wait until eight o'clock yeah eight o'clock although i knew i had a feeling i wasn't sure about game two but i knew i think i knew that they game one and two would be in the evening just because it's philly i hate it because I know a lot of people wanted the night games where they don't have to worry about work, but screws me over. <sighs> Whatever. It's worth it. Now, to end this episode, Jen, do you have anything to say? Go Phils. <laughs> Go Phils. Uh, and before I end it, here are your stat leaders to end the season. 
on offense, Nick Castellanos and Trey Turner lead the team in hits. Castellanos leads, leads in doubles. Marsh leads in triples. Schwarber obviously leads in home runs. Castellanos leads in RBI. Schwarber leads in walks. We talked about this one. Stott leads stolen bases. Bryce Harper leads in batting average, on-base percentage, slugging, and OPS. Wow. Because he's literally ridiculous. For pitching, Taiwan Walker leads in wins. Nola in innings pitched. Wheeler in strikeouts. Jose Alvarado in K per nine. Wheeler in ERA, Kimbrell in saves, Soto in holds, and Hoffman in whip. For defense, FIP, which is a pitching stat, but for defense, it's full innings, I believe, full innings played. Uh, Trey Turner leads in that. Stott leads in double plays. Realmuto leads in range factor, and uh, Stubbs is second. So I guess that favors the catcher. Uh, defensive war is real Mudo. I mean, obviously. Yeah. Best catcher, best defensive catcher in baseball. Stott and Turner lead in assists. And Castellanos leads in errors with zero. Do you think he has a shot at being a gold glove candidate, a finalist? I'll say this, and um, Danielle had said that he was her MVP for the season, which is completely valid. I think he should be considered. But just because of the Phillies always being undervalued, underappreciated, underscored, I I, I won't be surprised if he's not. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. Um, It'll be interesting to see how – because he's not the best defensive outfielder by any stretch, but the no errors could help him be bumped up a little bit. So we'll see with that. Hopefully <clears throat> next week we're talking about the NLDS. I hope. I, I uh, hope so too. <laughs> I'll be there for game two. Hopefully we win. And uh, from all three of us, go Phil's. Go Phils. Thanks everyone for joining as always. And yeah, stay with us. Stay with us. We we're here and no matter what it's go Phils. That's right. And we'll see you guys hopefully maybe next week. Peace. Bye.